there's really no introduction needed. But for anybody that watched Marvel and Thor, of course, there's the, the God of Thunder. Well, today we have the Thunder God. <laughs> Listen in as celebrities and amazing people share how they use their influence to change the world. Dive into their stories and discover their passion to keep living a legacy. We're going to talk to Rick Allen. He is the uh, drummer for Def Leppard, famous drummer with a phenomenal story. And we're also talking to his bride, who they've got a lot that they're going to share with us today, uh, Lauren Monroe. And... We're excited to have you, and we're looking forward to just having a great chat. I love the story, Eric, because the story of looking at a, a power couple that are really transforming and making change. That's such an important thing, Eric, as you've talked about always in your, in your marriage, for sure, is that importance of partnership. Absolutely. You know, Lauren, you have all the dirt, right? You can, you can fill in all the gaps here. But Rick, I would love to hear the story of how you got into... Death Leopard and... Cool. I'd, I'd been playing uh, from about the age of 10. Uh, my, uh, my best friend, John, he got a guitar for Christmas. So I went home and asked my parents if I could have a drum kit. And the answer was no, because we couldn't afford it. But then I kept pestering them. And about a week later, they said, okay, if you go for lessons... And um, so I ended up going for lessons with this guy, Kenny Slade, uh, who used to play with uh, Joe Cocker. And uh, I did some jobs around the neighborhood, washing cars, you know, trying to help out at home. And, um, and it, was, it was great. So uh, probably about six months after I, uh, I started lessons, I got my first drum kit, uh, which uh, was, uh, it wasn't the best drum kit, but it was fantastic at the time. And I, I, I love the fact that, uh, that I got this thing and my parents were so uh, supportive. And then, um, yeah, I mean, fast, fast forward, um, I ended up playing with a few local bands and then, uh, I was about to quit the business at the ripe old age of 14. <laughs> and, um, we saw an article in the local newspaper that said leopard loses skins. So yeah. I, uh, we called up, we called up the, uh, the journalist, a guy called Keith Strong and, uh, got in touch with, the. Uh, Steve Clark and Joe Elliott. I met them a couple of days later and we, we talked and we realized that we'd probably been to all the same shows, probably stood next to each other at the same concerts. And um, they said, okay, you know, come down and play. So I went down to their rehearsal room, an old spoon factory in Sheffield. And uh, the original drummer came back. He wanted his job back. Um, another guy came. And, and I was there and they asked me, uh, you know, if I wanted to go first, I said, no, I'm fine. So uh, I ended up playing last uh, and I, I got a pretty good ear. So I was able to pick up on all the subtleties and the parts. Anyway, when I got up and played, I just saw big smiling faces in the room. And um, yeah, after that, they, uh, they kept me behind and they said, you've got the job. So the rest is history. Lauren, growing up, were you a fan? When did you first know Rick's music? I, I had the first and second albums. I had Down Through the Night and High and Dry, so I, I knew I knew the band. But then uh, I, you know, kind of moved on 
to... You got into disco music, right? I know. It's <laughs> and Van Halen and, and as well as disco and a lot of other things. So I, I kind of lost track of, you know, the band. I wasn't a diehard fan or anything, um, but I obviously appreciated what he did. And then uh, when, he, when his accident happened, I, I was, you know, it really touched me deeply, his whole story. I didn't know him then. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I wasn't a groupie or, or, or a huge fan at the time. Uh, sorry, sorry. That's, see, that's always what the, the, <laughs> the wife says about someone else's, regardless of their success. Always have to keep them humble, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we, we actually met each other through, through a mutual friend in, I think it was 2000, right? Yeah. We were playing in um, um, Colorado Springs. And... Um, Lauren, with her expertise, you know, with the massage work and, uh, and energy work, um, I, I really needed. I was, I was in such a lot of pain at the time. So uh, my friend said, oh, I know, this, I know this girl and she can really help you. And um, we, we met at the show, that, that, uh, uh, the night of the Def Leppard show. And then we worked together, uh, what, a couple of days later? Yeah, yeah. And then we became friends and you now life happens. Exactly. Especially when there's synergy, for sure. Well, and real quick, how long y'all been married? So you met in 2000. Got married in 2003. All right. Is that 16 or 17 years now? 17 years this year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what's your secret to success? Uh, you know, I, I, I think doing projects together, being in service together really keeps yeah. us together. And we play a lot of music together. We do art together. We, uh, we, we have our foundation. And I think that that is something really special that you get to have with a spouse and, um, you know, common interests and, and love for humanity. It keeps you humble and, and gives you a purpose in your marriage, I think, outside yeah. of just being a family, which is very important as well. Absolutely. Yeah, most. And it sounds like. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say most most people, you know, they know nothing about, uh, you know, uh, the other person's um, work or you know. Um, whereas with myself and, and and Lauren, I think because we, you know, we spend time at home, um, doing things like this. Um, recently, we were uh, we were rehearsing, doing a lot of rehearsals for. Um, this, uh, this group called uh, Palenque Arts for uh, kids' um, uh, music programs. And it was fantastic because we, you know, we got to hang out at home and, and practice. And, you know, we, we got better. We got better and better as uh, each day, you know, each day came in. And uh, it's not very often you get to do things like that with, uh, with your spouse, you know? Yeah. Having common interest is something that we, sometimes they talk about opposites attracting. It's really the common interests that really keep a marriage going. Because if you don't have those common bonds that keep you together, then there's separation a lot of times, Eric. And I'm sure you guys, Lauren and uh, Rick, agree with me as well. If you don't have some commonality, then it's just like after a certain amount of time, where's that best friend type thing out there? And I think it's such an important thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. As Lauren pointed out, seeing each other's strengths and y'all feed off each other's strengths and doing these projects together and using that. And it's encouraging the other one 
Uh, and that's probably the biggest thing that we've learned. So, so Catherine and I worked together for a couple years. She's the, she's the president of our company. And, uh, of course. and it didn't go so well. <laughs> I'll be honest, it did not go so well. She came back um, about three years ago and started working. Key difference is just, you know, recognizing each other's strengths and building, building that up rather than all the weaknesses, right? Because we all have both. Um, and that's what I'm loving hearing with you guys is just sharing those strengths and, and uh, doing things together and finding the passions that you're both passionate about, like your charity. And I want to hear all about it. But first, before we get into it, right? So Rick, other than pouring sugar, you know, when did you guys know this thing's going to work? You know, this is really, this is big. Well, I, I joined the band in 1978 and, uh, you know, it, it, we, we started off, you know, doing small shows, uh, but it got some traction in, uh, in, in England. And then we started to get some traction in uh, parts of Europe. Uh, but I, I don't think it was until we, we, came to, uh, we came to America in 1980, uh, May 20th, 1980, uh, Santa Monica Civic opening up for uh, Pat Travers. Um, the amazing thing for all of us was to be on stage and everybody in the audience knew our songs. And that was when we, we, we kind of went, wow, how could, this, <laughs> how could this be? You know, uh, they live all the way over the, 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 across the Atlantic and they, they know all our songs. So uh, that that was that was a huge boost for all of us, and that's when we realized that uh, maybe we're on to something. Yeah, yeah. So now you've got a wild story, right? You're the drummer, the Thunder God, and yet you're a drummer with one arm. I'd love for you to just kind of take us through the story of what happened, um, but then also I'm interested in you know the mental. You had a fight. You, you don't just lose an arm and get back to being a world-class professional drummer without something, right? No, it was, um, it was very, very tough in the beginning. Uh, just uh, briefly, you know, I, I, I'd lost it in, in a car accident and uh, actually the seatbelt came undone and, and actually took my arm off. I left through the sunroof of the car, landed in a field, and um, I, I remember staying conscious. Um, and I think that's the thing that actually saved my life uh, because I didn't, I didn't bleed out. Um, and, then, um, and then I woke up in the hospital. The next thing I know, I woke up in the hospital a couple of weeks later. And uh, to, to be honest, I didn't really know what had happened to me. And then when I realized what had happened to me, I just wanted to disappear. I didn't want to see anyone. I, I just wanted to, uh, yeah, I just wanted to become really small. And I felt so self-conscious and it was awful. But, uh, but then some wonderful things started happening to me. I asked my brother to bring uh, uh, my stereo uh, into the hospital room. And I started playing all the music that I grew up listening to. And I had this piece of foam at the bottom of the bed, and I realized I could play all the basic rhythms that I'd ever that I'd ever known uh, just using my feet. So um, yeah, shortly after that, um, a, a, a good friend of mine uh, that has a, a an electronics business, 
he came and saw what I was doing with my feet and he said, I could build you some pedals. I could actually help you to, to play again. And uh, he developed uh, these pedals. Um, I was in, I was supposed to be in hospital for months and months and months. I got out of hospital within a month. And um, the first thing I did was I went to uh, his store where he had the, the pedals set up, played for about five minutes and I was completely exhausted. But I think the thing that the thing that caught me was I I got so much support from people around the world. Um, I got letters, like thousands and thousands of letters. Uh, my family, uh, the band were great, and um, I I went from wanting to disappear to really um, finding. Uh, the, 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 the human spirit. I think that's what really catapulted me into, into wanting to succeed and all the support I was getting from around. And uh, I think the other thing that, that helped me tremendously was I stopped comparing myself to others and I stopped comparing myself to how I used to be. Mm-hmm. And I embraced uh, how unique this was to be able to play drums you know, with the, with these foot pedals and, uh, in a, in a, you know, briefly, that's, that's, that's kind of where, where it all started. Lauren from that is the idea for the foundation. A lot of ways, what he had to go through. So did you guys come up with this together? We did um, come up with it together when we met, um, we, uh, my my background's in healing work and massage therapy and energy work and mindfulness practice. And I worked with people with different, various different experiences of trauma. And so when I met Rick, um, I met him as a healer in that way. And I was also a musician. So, and I was a drummer. I play percussion, djembe, percussion instruments. So, so we started, um, I, I, I had him come to my classes. I was teaching at the Boulder College of Massage in Boulder at the time in Colorado. So I'd have him come in and we would we would create various workshops um, around healing with the drums and healing with mindfulness practice. And we decided to just start doing it for other populations. So we worked with uh, kids who had disabilities, kids that uh, also lost limbs. Oh and we, we said, we need to do this. It's so effective. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, what population it was, people connected immediately. And you didn't have to have language, which is nice. You know, it really, the drums bring people together so immediately that we decided to to have a, to start a 501c3 so we could do this and uh, in a way that would, we would be able to have the community support it and get more people involved. And that's, that was a start in 2001. Wow. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't have. I couldn't have done it on my own. Um, you know, she uh, she definitely gave it gave it legs and gave it. A, 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 you know, just a we had a, we had a common goal, but I, I wasn't. I didn't right. really know how to do it on my own, and I think Lauren brought that to the table. That's where the team comes in, right? You know, everybody's had adversity to one point or another, uh, and and Lauren, I'm sure there's a reason that you got into you know, focusing on healing. I'm sure it's partially because you're just a great person and you love to, to help people, but there's a backstory behind that too, because we all have hurt. 
right? So when you bring that, and then Rick has his story of, of trauma and the way that you two are, are helping people uh, face adversity because it's so easy to get beat down and just give up, regardless of whether it's due to a, a physical or, or mental or relational or emotional or, or whatever, right? So many people give up in life because somebody told them they couldn't do it, right? <clears throat> you lost an arm. You can't be a drummer anymore. And instead of going with that, you're like, watch me. No, that's interesting you say that. I actually had a junior doctor come in, um, and I was obviously very vulnerable. And this junior doctor, he just said, you know, you're never going to wave again, let alone play the drums. And I just felt so uh, defeated at the time. So anyway, when I became an outpatient, I saw the same junior doctor when I when I came into the hospital, and the first thing I did was I, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know he didn't know, but uh, I was about to uh, I was about to be the comeback kid in terms of being able to play drums again. So ah, people's recovery is complex. Maybe in a in a in a in a twisted way. He, he was something to do with light and a fire around him. And yeah. I, I don't know whether that was his intention, but, you know, you, you, you get all these positive comments, you know, you put something out there on the internet, or you get all these positive comments. There's always one person or two people with a big thumbs down. It's like, and you concentrate on those people. Yeah. So he stayed in my mind. And I think he was part of uh, what lit a fire under me and and I found that that human spirit and that passion you know that's so mm-hmm. tremendous and that's the thing when people tell you you can't it fires me up to say I'm going to do it you <laughs> yeah. now Lauren working together with the foundation or working together as a couple but now this EP so it relates the music and the foundation together so tell us who it's helping proceeds from the big love track is going to through our resiliency program, but it will be helping various types of, of trauma communities. Um, one is being indigenous people uh, who are suffering trauma and recovery, um, as well as our military. We work, uh, our Project Resiliency is a branch of Raven Drum Foundation that we have as a program specific for veterans uh, suffering with PTSD and trauma from combat. So uh, that's where the funding is gonna go. It's gonna be funneled through those two areas. Yeah. Well, you know, my, my trauma wasn't, uh, wasn't combat related, but, uh, you know, as, as you, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, we, we all hurt in one way or another. And, um, you know, it, it could be a, an abusive relationship, uh, a car accident, a sports injury, or it could be, you know, combat related. So, um, the interesting thing is when I, when I first went to visit uh, some of our wounded warriors in 2006, uh, I realized they were, they were speaking a very similar language to, to, to me or, you know, the things that I'd experienced, um, you know, more, more sort of negative ways of, of, of sort of, you know, like self-medication and rage and, you know, all these, right. all these things that afflicted, uh, you know, some of our wounded warriors with PTSD, I'd also experienced. So it, it seemed like, it seemed like a good match. And I, I felt as though I really wanted to make, uh, make a difference, you know, in their lives and, and in, inspire them 
through all the gifts that I've been given, you know, from from playing drums with uh, with, with Def Leppard and all the work that I do with uh, with with Lauren, you know. That's tremendous. You know, a big part of what this show is about is influencers. More so, how do you use that influence? And obviously, you guys are using it incredibly to to make an impact of those who need that encouragement, which we all do. But just with PTSD, with Wounded Warrior Project, with with all the others that your nonprofit helps. So my question is, you know, regarding your legacy, whether that's in music, in marriage, in life, could be any of the above, all of them. What would you like your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered for? You go first. <laughs> I, I guess if I had any kind of legacy, I would be being a person who could lead with love and someone who was, um, brought people together to unify people. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I'd want, I'd want to be remembered for, uh, you know, bringing, bringing joy into people's lives. And sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something very simple. Like, um, you know, I, I'll see somebody out at the backstage door and and just go out and talk to them or take a photograph or sign something. And you know, it take it takes such a small effort on my part uh, to to make people really happy. So. I think I think that's what I'd like. I'd like to be remembered as bringing bringing joy into people's lives. That's fantastic, and you're an inspiration. And I'm glad this story is coming out in a positive manner, especially with a lot of the negativity that's in the media right now. And that's why I love doing a show with Eric when we highlight celebrities and their stories. This is just a tremendous story that I never knew about. I mean, I knew about you know the the injury, but never what the backstory is what's happened afterwards and hopefully more and more people can learn this story. So Lauren, where's the best place? Find out about the foundation, the song, all that. Well, uh, foundation, you can go to ravendrumfoundation.org or project-resiliency.org. Takes you to the same place. You'll learn about all the programs that we have going on and the intention and the mission of the, of the non-for-profit. Yeah, music's available on all digital platforms. And Rick, are any other projects that you're up to right now? Um, j- just practicing. Um, I've just started painting again. So, um, you know, uh, there's, always, there's always stuff to do at home. There's always loose ends, you know. So, and I was just telling somebody the other day, it's the first break that uh, the Def Leppard have had since 2010. So, you know, in a, in a strange way, it was kind of welcome, you know, just to, just to be able to put the brakes on. Yeah. Cool, man. Thank yeah. you. All right. Take Thank care. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another amazing episode of Living a Legacy.